daily Tampa Bay Rays podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, my name is Kevin Weiss. I'm Ulysses Sombrano. Host of Locked On Rays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for making Locked On Rays your first listen every day. And remember, Locked On Rays is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube at Locked On Rays. Also, be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Rays. And you can email us, LockedOnRays at gmail.com. Also, if you want to support what we're doing with the podcast and want an opportunity to be a one-time guest co-host, visit buymeacoffee.com slash raiseunfiltered. That's buymeacoffee.com slash raiseunfiltered. We'll put that link in the podcast description as well. Okay, Ulysses, we will continue our conversation with Jack Lebowski. This is part three of our chat with him. And it gets even better because we get to see why he developed that cutter as a new pitch that can actually give us a little bit of insight on how the race development process goes about with these pitchers. Also, how has been a hitter in his past helped him on the mound? That's always something that I've that I've uh, wanted to ask. It's really interesting what, what he said about that. And, of course, uh, we talk about the, the, while growing up, different sports uh, that, that he liked and, and why ultimately it was baseball for him. Mm-hmm. He may or may not have grown up a Yankees fan. <laughs> Don't tell anybody. We'll whisper that. that that'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll keep that to ourselves. But he knows he knows who signs his paychecks That's nowadays. Right. So things have changed <laughs> a little bit from that perspective. All right. Uh, here's more of Jack Lebowski. I got a two-parter here. You talked about that cutter up. I'm interested in that. Is is that a new thing or was that something that they said, hey, maybe this works? And and the, and the second question is, what it would you categorize as your put-away pitch? All right. So the we'll start with the cutter up. Um, so like with the Rays, with their development process, I think a lot of it, like I was saying, is like they take a pitcher with what they have and try and just fine tune it and sharpen all the edges. Mm-hmm. So for me, I started developing a cutter in 2019 just to get something off of my basically two-sided approach. So I would throw fastball change up here and then I would throw a slider here. And so if you could just, if you as a hitter, you would just say, okay, we're going to eliminate this half the plate. They would just sit slider and mm-hmm. hammer it. So the higher up I went, it would become, you know, more of a thing where they would just sit on a single pitch and choose a side basically. So with a cutter, I've got a little more velo and a second pitch to go to that side of the plate. And then um, this is where like the raised development really comes in is I was throwing the cutter and it's a pretty good pitch and um, it was still kind of getting hit. Nothing crazy, but just like another pitch gets hit. And I was always working down in the zone with everything. So mm-hmm. we started to go up in the zone with it because it had just a little bit more carry than my sinker. So it's more like a, just a regular fastball carry. It's nothing outrageous. But that regular fastball carry compared to a sinker baller looks like it's riding. So, like, hey, why don't we just start throwing it up in the zone and play it like a riding fastball? And voila, there it was. I was more of my strikeout pitch late in, late in counts, um, especially the lefties. I would go down and away, down and away, maybe a slider down and in, and then just ride that cutter up. And it would just be something completely different. And so now that's something I'm going to be fine tuning. I've been fine tuning this off season, but I'm sure, you know, in game this next year, 
there's going to be all different situations where I need to choose between, Hey, do I throw a change up here? Like I traditionally have, or do we fine tune this cutter top of the zone, see what happens. So hopefully it'll increase those strikeout numbers. Um, but yeah, it's been, it's been definitely, I, I would say that's my new put away pitch. Um, I love throwing the change up just because it's, it's something I think hitters, you know, that they still haven't figured out. Baseball's been around for hundred plus years, 150 years. The changeup is still something that just doesn't really get too much damage. I think. Is it a circle change? Is it a splitter? What kind of changeup is it? So I throw it with the exact same grip. I don't have a baseball around. I wish I did. Um, I wish I could give I, you this one. <laughs> I throw it with the exact same grip as my two seam. So like pretend there's a ball here, two seam okay. here. I'll just switch fingers. So I'll throw with these two fingers and throw a two seam fastball Mm -hmm. mindset wise anyway, with the same intent. And just by switching those fingers, it, um, you know, decreases the the velocity like 10 miles an hour. So the split for me is in velocity, not really the movement because it's pretty similar movement pattern to my two seam fastball, but, um, yeah, it works. And at 10 miles an hour different, and it looks the same as my fastball, it, it, it plays. Kevin, do you remember who had a 10 mile differential as a closer for the race? Tell me. Fernando Rodney. He was pretty good. That was pretty good. He was pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Um, Jack, I'm curious about this in terms of fine tuning and making tweaks to your repertoire and, and some of your pitches and what the Rays communicate with you. How often and when does that happen? Is it at the end of the season that they sort of do a, an exit evaluation, exit interview of saying, hey, this is where you did well. This is what you need to work on. Hey, it'd be great if you could add this pitch or make this tweak to this pitch. Now it's on you to go to a private Academy and try to work on that. Or is it a lot of stuff in house where they're, they're helping you. And then some of the the pitching coaches are, are working with you in the minor league system. Or is it a little bit of mix of both where there's some, I guess, I don't want to say handholding, but handholding in a way. And then some of it is just telling you, this is what you, this is what you need to do to become a more effective pitcher, uh, pitcher. Now find a way to go be able to do that on your own. However you go about doing that. I would say, um, it's a little bit of a mix of both, but definitely without the handholding. Um, okay. I would say that, I would say that the, the thing that makes the Rays different in a lot of ways, um, is that they will let you figure it out on your own. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not necessarily just, you know, kicking you out there and saying, go figure it out. You know what I mean? But so they'll give you all the tools that you need and they'll talk to you. We have all kinds of meetings during the year. Um, there's definitely the big end of the year one-on-one, mm-hmm. um, just talking about the analytics of the pitch, your design, the way you pitch. And they definitely do tell you like, Hey, go work on this in the off season, come back. And, you know, hopefully there's improvements here. Um, but in season, you're always continuously looking at what pitches are working you know, you throw your bullpens during the week and they've got the track man out there. They've got the Rapsodo out there. They've got all the stuff to help you make the pitch what you need it to be, but they also won't, you know, force you to go out in a game and throw say, you know, 10 cutters just mm-hmm. to, just to do it and, you know, kind of shoot yourself in the foot in terms of winning the ball game. So mm-hmm. I would say the Rays are pretty unique in that they have all these tools to help you, but they don't hinder you with, all the, all the ways that they could with all the tools, they'll, they'll give you all this information you need, let you go fail and then teach you how not to fail. And you'll kind of, you know, you'll stumble your way through, but eventually you'll end up with a product that's a way better pitch and something that you've created on your own, which I think makes it better for a pitcher. Cause you'll have your own feel, your own grip, your own style of throwing the pitch. Um, and then they'll just fine tune whatever that is. 
It's the new year, so that means New Year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Built Bar in your plan. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, maybe even better than a candy bar. Built Bar makes it easier to stick to your resolution because they taste so good you'll want to eat them. Unlike other protein bars, which can be chalky or waxy or taste like a chemical spill. That's not Built Bar. You want to eat healthy, but it just gets so boring. By like week three, you might be thinking, this is just not worth it. Where's the chocolate? Well, guess what? Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. So remember, today, go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and you will get 15% off your order at Built.com. How do you draw the line between that's useful information to that's a lot and now I'm overthinking on the map? How, how, how do you, Jack, like, you know, when you're getting all this information, how, how do you separate, okay, look, I just sometimes got to compete. How, how do you draw that line? I think, uh, are you asking me personally or just guys in general? I've seen no, no, you, you personally. <laughs> I want to get in, in Jack's mind. Well, yeah. What do you do? Well, for me, I think, I've been lucky in the road that I've taken where, like I said earlier, hitting is hard. So <laughs> I know that most of the time, even if I fail and I mess up a pitch, say I back up a slider and it's right down the middle, the odds of that hitter hitting that pitch, I mean, just say batting average, you know, if they hit that pitch three out of 10 times, they're legit. They're Mike Trout. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, I'll take, I'll take my chances pitch to pitch where I'm more comfortable making mistakes as long as I'm in the strike zone, that's, that's more my attitude toward it. Um, with regards to like all the info you get and all that stuff, I'm very good at working with whatever it is off the field. So like in a bullpen or just in catch play, I'll be able to take a new grip and start throwing and just know like, okay, this pitch doesn't work or this grip doesn't work. And then something that feels okay. I'll probably work with it for about a week before I'll bring it into the game. And if for whatever reason it doesn't work in game, we'll just scrap it. You know what I mean? This is like a whole lot of, a whole lot of uh, trial and error, but um, I think it helps to be able to take something you're not fully confident in to the game, especially in the minor league level. Like I understand once you get to the big leagues, there's probably a different mantra of going through it because you don't, I mean, you want to win all these games. It's, mm -hmm. it's a lot more high stakes in the minor leagues. You still obviously do want to win all the games. You want to perform really well, Right. But, you know, if it's say the score is like eight to two and there's no one on, maybe that's a good time to throw a change up because, you know, this whole outing, maybe the change up stunk. So you're going to throw three of this at bat just to get it back on track. Mm -hmm. um, so there's a lot of that kind of just toying around with stuff. Um, but I'm usually pretty decent when it comes to, you know, being able to flush a certain pitch and then come back and be present on the mound. Usually the pressure situations and stuff don't get to me too much. Um, so I'll be able to, you know, get behind a guy with two pitches that I'm trying to make work and then reevaluate and go, okay, now we need to get back in the zone, quality pitches, make it happen. So I'm usually pretty laid back and it, I think it helps me on the field. When you're on the mound, you've now said it, uh, I think two or three times that hitting is hard and that's because you've had experience <laughs> with that. Um, do you think that has helped you on the way that you do your pitch mix on the mound? Because you know what that guy over there uh, might be thinking that you're going to do, or is that just playing too many mind games and that can lead to uh, 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 destruction? 
I think it helps. I think it helps to, um, with reading a guy's swing. So I'll, I'll throw a certain pitch and the way the guy swings at it, I'll just understand, okay, that obviously wasn't a good swing. He was say swings over the top of a two seam fastball. And I'll see that and go, okay, this guy, if he's going to hit this fastball in, the only thing he's able to do with it is yank it foul. So I'm, I've just, you know, a light bulb goes off where I'm 100% confident just going fastball in, fastball in, fastball in (laughs) until he proves me wrong type thing. Um, And then, you know, once you do that, you're thinking in in your own mind, you're like, okay, I've thrown three in there. He's thinking I'm coming in again, let's throw a slider. And then, you know, that's where the chess game kind of comes into play. But being a hitter in the past, I think it helps to a certain point, but it was also a different game. I mean, hitting in college and hitting in professional baseball is definitely a different mindset and a different approach. So um, it helps in some ways, but in other ways, I would just say, um, you know, it's, it's a different ball game and I'm, I've got to attack it as a pitcher. Yeah. Jack, you were a successful two-way player in college and two-way players seem to be all the rage of late. Uh, Shohei Otani seems to have had a little bit of success with that. And that's something the Rays have tried to mold and develop with Brendan McKay, Jay Cronenworth, some other guys in the system. Was that ever a consideration or discussion at all when you got drafted to the Rays or did you kind of know from the onset that, okay, they're drafting me as a pitcher. I'm going to have to put the, the bat away. Just what was the mentality there? Kind of a funny story. So I, I was drafted um, as a pitcher. And so I get to Hudson and, and I'm kind of, you know, I'm trying to, get my opportunity to hit. Cause I love hitting. I love playing mm-hmm. third, um, okay. playing the infield. I loved it. So when I'm in Hudson, I'm talking to guys like Tanner Dotson, who was doing the two way thing. And then, um, you know, some of the infielders like Ford Proctor, like I would just be, you know, talking with them in the clubhouse mm-hmm. or something. I used to hit, man. Like I could get out, I could hit this guy. Like, you know, just <laughs> talking smack with everybody. Like I could hit this guy. How come you struck out twice or whatever? Um, so that was kind of the extent of it then. And then, um, no one with the Rays knew that I was a hitter in college. And so during mm-hmm. spring training of 2020, um, I had a conversation with one of the coordinators, uh, one of the hitting coordinators. And I was just like that, that I talking about whatever. And he goes, so you, you used to hit in college. It's like, yeah, man, I used to hit in college. <laughs> like, Were you any good? Well, I think I was pretty good. He goes, well, could you field it? Like, could you pick it in the field? And I was, of course I can. I was a great fielder that my bat was what, you know, ended up bringing me down. So I was like, of course I could pick it in the field. And he kind of had this look in his eyes like, all right, okay, cool. And he leaves. I'm like, all right, man, this is my chance. I got to have another talk with that guy and ask for batting practice. And then two days later, COVID happens and they send us all home. And I'm sure he forgot about the conversation. <laughs> so oh. <laughs> I don't think I'll be hitting anytime soon. No, this, I, th- yeah. that was a sad ending. I, I know. I know. I, know. <laughs> I was bummed out. I think I'm too far removed now. Yeah. I think it's been too many years. If I go up there and I, if I see 99 or 95, like out of a, out of a machine, I just, I won't be able to hit it. So okay. I'm, I'm comfortable where I am as a pitcher now. Um, but I still like the defensive side. I'll shag some ground balls during batting practice and stuff. Bet Online would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our march to the playoffs and beyond. Bet Online remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. New year and a new updated desktop 
and mobile website. So sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. Again, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N to get started with that generous welcome bonus from football, basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022. Bet online, it is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports, and it's where the game starts. I don't know, Jack. Uh, the Rays love their defense. Maybe they find a way to, you know, stick you at first base or third and and pitch and kind of be creative with some of the switches double there. switch well, yeah, yeah that action. would be the part of the uh that'd be the part of being a, a starter and a reliever i'll start a game they'll just move me to the infield and then i'll come in and close the same game it'll be crazy i like oh it. i like that or he can be like greg maddox and win like 20 gold gloves well that that um, also works i'd be cool i'd be all right with that too i'd be all right yeah. with that. <laughs> that's also a pretty cool option there um kind of going back a little bit jack uh Growing up in California, was baseball always your primary sport or did you dabble in a lot of different things and eventually it was kind of discovered, yeah, I'm pretty good at this baseball thing. I might stick with it and go with the the travel ball and then real competitive stuff. Just when was that decision made of, okay, my my future track is is in the game of baseball? Yeah, so my, my folks always had me and my brothers doing – some sort of extracurricular activity. They just didn't want us coming home from school. So we were doing sports all season. Mm -hmm. So up through, um, I guess football starts when you're in like fifth grade in California. So Mm. in like fifth grade, I started doing football. Um, before that was like, they would only let you do track and cross country, which I did, but it wasn't very, I'm not a runner. I don't like running. And so it was (laughs) just something to do. Who does? But uh, (laughs) Yeah, seriously. Well, my wife does. She runs marathons. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Oh, wow. She runs enough for me and her. So there you go. go. And the baby too. And the baby. And the baby too. Yeah. I hope, I hope he's a ball player or a golfer because then I get to play some golf and that'd be, that'd be a great way to mold him in that direction. But, uh, but no, I would play football, um, up through my freshman year of high school and I was pretty good, but it just became, you know, one of those things where you got to get serious about what you're doing in sports. Um, unless you're, you know, just a crazy athlete, there were definitely guys who would do, you know, football, basketball and baseball and do it all. And, mm-hmm. um, I wasn't necessarily one of those. I didn't love basketball. Um, and so I played football and then once the guys on the football team started going in the weight room in the summers while I was playing baseball, I realized, okay, if they're lifting all summer and then I come in the fall and now I'm the smallest guy, that's going to be a problem. So yeah. I hung up, I hung up the football helmet after freshman year and just did baseball. And, um, I was super happy with it, especially in California, the weather's, you know, always usually pretty warm. So we would have fall ball, we'd have summer ball and then spring school ball. So it was always, you know, it's year round baseball. Well, Jack, you're a smart guy because yeah, that's exactly the, the path everybody should have done. Like, you know what? Mm-hmm. They're getting bigger. I'm not. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then, then now I look, I look at the guys, you know, in the NFL, thank goodness. Yeah. Thank goodness. I didn't play football. I would be, I'd be dead. I would yeah, just wouldn't be able to make it. Let's leave the concussions out of it. And there's quite frankly, a lot more opportunities to make money playing pro baseball than there is football uh, with all the minor league opportunities and so forth. So growing up in California, were you a Dodgers fan, angels fan, a fan of another team? And who was your favorite ball player growing up? Who was the, your, your childhood rooting interest, if you will. 
I'm probably going to get flat because it's an AL East team, but I was a Yankees fan growing uh, up. Ooh. All right, we're done. Mom, <laughs> get off the podcast. Log my, mom's from, uh, my mom's from New York, and um, mm. my uncle is like, was a super diehard Yankees fan. He lived in New York City, and like we'd call and talk about the games and stuff. And cool. that whole core team, um, you know, Andy Pettit, Jeter, Mariano, Jorge, all those guys. I had pictures in my room, all those dudes on the wall. And um, especially growing up, I was born in 96. So I wasn't really old enough to remember the run of World Series wins they had. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was old enough in the mid 2000s to be part of that group that was always looking back at those like highlights and stuff of the Yankees. And then um, when they won in 2009, it was just, this is the best thing ever. But yeah. since being with the Rays, um, you know, the Yankees, they're the Yankees. It's a little <laughs> different now. I, I don't, I don't, you know, have, I, I obviously if they want me to go play for them, you know, it's a thing I'll go play for whichever team would like to call. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean, all the teams, they've got their own little stigmas. So the Yankees have their stigma, um, yeah. you know, and the AL East is the, the big bully. So I don't, you know, times change and feelings change too. I'm, I'm happy where I'm at with the Rays. Hey, the Rays are paying you. That, that organization <laughs> that's is true. That's who gives you the that's paycheck. True. So that's what matters. Yep. All right. Thank you again for making the Lockdown Rays podcast your first listen every day. Now be sure to make your second listen, the Locked on Bets podcast. That is also free and available on all platforms. Hope you all have a wonderful day and stay safe.